Hi everyone, this is Florence Bremer. Welcome to the Bonafide Legal Podcast. Florence Legally Brunette at Bonafide Legal Podcast is a podcast to help attorneys and business owners with time management and lifestyle tips. I'm a grandmother, a mother, a wife, movie enthusiast, fan of a great deal, restaurant lover, follower of many television shows, self-proclaimed fashionista, overall in love with popular culture. Besides all this, I'm a lawyer. I've been a lawyer for over 20 years. Throughout my practice, I struggled day by day to find a balance between work and life. I don't have a magic answer on how to balance life in the law and life outside the law, but over the years, I've developed tips for living my best life and enjoying work and time off. This week's podcast I have a lot of stuff on my mind that I want to talk about, and I think a lot of it has to do with the new year and just kind of where my mind is at. I wanted to start with my top 10 highlights for the year, some things that I've been thinking about. It seems to me that every year between Christmas and New Year's, I really reflect on the year and not even in a conscious way. It all comes from my subconscious and it just happens very organically and naturally. I know that there's a ton of articles out there and uh, podcasts and television shows that talk about this reflection, uh, church um, services, seminars, like all this time of year, they talk about reflection of the past year. And it just comes naturally to me. And I think it's because between Christmas and New Year, there is a bit of a break. It's a very weird time. You don't have your regular court hearings. You don't have your regular meeting schedule. And you have more time to think about things. At least I do. So I have a lot that I've been thinking about over the past week. As I record this, it's two days before New Year's Eve. It is December 29th. So Christmas is over and we are here um, a couple days before the New Year. So something I was thinking about was what were some highlights for my year? And so I came up with my top 10 highlights. And I, they're in no particular order, although my last one is going to be my favorite one. But my top 10 highlights included my month of travel, where I went to Denver, New Orleans, LA, Seattle, Seattle, and New York City. Going to Mardi Gras in March was another one. Um, completing a jury trial and winning the jury trial in July. Being on stage with Adam Carolla in April in San Francisco. This podcast is a huge highlight for me. My beach trip to Coronado. Just getting through the end of the year with uh, Christmas and the first semester of school being over. Another highlight was meeting Tom Hiddleston, who plays Loki. And going, another highlight was going to North Carolina for Meadowlark Lemons Bridge Dedication. And then my top number one highlight was the birth of my grandchild, Adam. So 
as you can see, most of my highlights involved travel. And I'm keeping that in mind because I'm realizing that I have to have trips planned in order to have a, a semblance of, of happiness in this job. And, and going on trips occasionally is very important to me. So I wanted to talk about some of my favorite time management tips, kind of like an end of the year reflection of things that I've been thinking about. And one of the things, and then as part of the time management, I'm also going to talk about dealing with burnout and some tips I've come up with that as well. So every day I start my day with a to-do list. And before I leave, I plan out the day before. If I have a really busy day where it's appointment after appointment, I will print out my day calendar just on one sheet. Outlook has a very nice system where it prints out the times and the appointments on the left side of the sheet. And then on the right side is um, some blocks to put like to-do lists or memos or whatever you want to put. So I'm very busy days that I'll do that. And I'll use that to-do list to guide my activities. On the same list, I'll also write stuff that's not necessarily an appointment, like 30 minutes of exercise, or take a walk, or go have breakfast, or run the errand that you need to run, just to make sure that I'm getting in things that I need to do for myself. Another time management tip that I have is, if you can do it, and again, it depends on your day, check your emails first thing in the morning. If I have a court hearing in the morning, I may check my emails like later in the evening, like maybe 7 p.m. at night. The reason why I do that is to clear out as many emails as possible. So I'll go through my emails. If I can take care of it in, let's say, like a two to four minute period, I'll get rid of it. If I look at the emails and it's something longer where I have to compose a longer email to a client or if I need to follow up with a phone call. Remember that just because you get an email, you don't have to answer it with an email. You can follow up with a phone call. Oftentimes, a phone call is much shorter, and then you don't get in that back and forth of emails. If whatever I need to do is longer than a few minutes, I add that to the to-do list. That becomes one of my tasks that needs to be done rather than getting sidetracked by that email and getting my whole day thrown off. And I'll tell you, this is something that's very hard for me because when I see those emails come in, I have a definite desire to clear them out and handle them. So to look at them and say, well, here's something I can do later, that takes practice for me. That's an everyday practice. It's an everyday mindfulness thing about um, how to handle the emails. Similarly, stop multitasking. I did this for years. And for example, what I would do is I would have a list of phone messages, like a stack of phone messages. And I also needed to, say, write a letter or compose an email. And I would think, well, while I'm doing these phone calls, 
I can also compose this letter. Anyone who has ever tried this knows it doesn't work. Your mind can't focus on both. You can't hear what's coming in your ear and then also be thinking and putting something on paper. So what I'll do instead is I'll do things in blocks. And if I have a lot of phone calls and I need to get to them, um, but I have another project, I might break up the, the projects a little bit where I'm doing one thing at a time, which leads me to my other tip of using a timer. I use Apple products. I have the Apple Watch. I have an iPhone. I have an iPad. I have the um, an iMac. Like it's, it's all Apple. So it's all interconnected. And on my watch, I can very easily set a timer. And I set timers all the time. I set timers for when I need to get up from my desk to get ready for court. Like say for instance, I need to leave for court in two hours. I'll set a timer for an hour because I know at that hour mark, I need to wrap it up because I need to get out the door in an hour. What I used to do in the past was I'd say, okay, you have to leave by noon. And then I would look at the clock. It would be 1215 because I would get focused on something else. And then I would be running out the door and would be late. So now I always set my timer a little bit earlier and know that it's the time to wrap it up. Also, I, I can break up projects that way as well. Like say I do need to write that letter and I need to get a head start on it. Maybe I'll set my timer for an hour, work on the letter, and then take a break and do phone calls and emails for maybe 30 minutes. I set timers for all of these things. I set timers when I go to the gym. Um, I'll do 30 minutes of weight training. I set a timer for it. I set timers for things all the time. And I have the um, Google Mini in my kitchen. I set timers all the time with that. I'm constantly setting timers just to keep me going and, and, and keep me alert to what the time is because I definitely have the ability to get sidetracked. Another time that I'll set timers is for meetings because it's very easy to let a meeting run over. So I'll set the timer for maybe 15 minutes before I need the meeting to end. And when my watch goes off, then I can say to the client or the other attorney, I need to wrap this up because I have another meeting right after. It just gives me that little alert. One thing that I've, I also um, say quite a bit is have a clean workspace. It just feels better. I have a tendency to let things pile up around me. I'll take little pieces of mail, put them in front of my computer. I'll have messages in my in my message thing. I'll have notepads piled up. And I just try to get a space so I can work. My desk isn't always the best place for me to work. So I have another area that is just devoted to where I can do quiet work. And there's no papers piled up there. And it's very clean. Another time management tip is delegation. I need to get this going in full force starting this week. Because as things have been leading up to Christmas, 
I have heard myself say it. I have heard other people. I've heard clients say it. I've heard other attorneys say it. Uh, let's talk about it after the holidays or let's table it till after the holidays. Um, I hear judges say it. Like it's it's been a nonstop refrain coming out of my mouth and everyone around me for I would say the last two weeks. Um, it was about 10 days before Christmas that that really just kind of got into full force. Well, now here we are. It's after the holidays. I know things will probably be pretty quiet until we hit New Year's, and it may even be quiet the day after New Year's. But when it hits January 3rd, and, and I'm guessing most likely on the 6th, everything that everyone has kind of put to the side, this is all going to... Uh, to come out. So you need to delegate. You can't do it all yourself. So tomorrow I have a plan to go into the office and talk to the staff and sort of pre-delegate because I'm guessing tomorrow, the next couple of days will be quiet. My staff will be back. They're going to be working this week. And I need to get everybody on board for getting as much work done as possible in these next couple of days to be ready for the work that's coming in. Why is all of this important? All of this is important because if you're an attorney, if you're a business owner, if you're a professional, if you're a stay-at-home mom, you are never entirely off the clock. And I'll give you an example I had um, I had to run into the office on, on Christmas Eve. In my mind, really what I was running in there for was to grab a couple of things. I figured I'd check messages. I had anticipated it to be pretty quiet. I was very, very shocked to find out that I had a stack of messages and a lot of emails that came in. And one of the things that I had come in was kind of an emergency. And it was something that I had to take care of like immediately. And I'll tell you, it had the opportunity to ruin my Christmas. Like it was just so big and, and so much on my mind. Um, I was glad I actually went in and kind of got notice of it because I could picture myself kind of getting notice of this maybe like later in the day when people weren't around. So it was good to get there early enough where I was at least able to get a head start on it. And that helped to clear my head to be able to enjoy my Christmas. Anytime you're dealing with being an attorney or having your own business, you're constantly in a state of accepting others trauma. And it's called, uh, it, there's a term for it, it's called secondary trauma, where basically, when you are absorbing the problems of others, you you have this trauma because of it. I, I did have a wonderful Christmas Eve, I went to my brother's like right after, like I, I got wrapped up, went to my brother's, the whole family was there. Um, Christmas Day, I had a wonderful Christmas day and a little tip for Christmas day. I gave myself a break. There were things that I did on Christmas day um, for many, many years and I just let it go. 
I did not do all the cooking that I usually do. And it was, guess what? It was fine. It was fine. Everyone missed my stuffed artichokes a little bit. And maybe I'll make them in the spring, you know, when I when I have some more time. But to try to do that on Christmas Day along with a bunch of other cooking, forget it. Um, I ordered, I bought uh, appetizers and put them in my air fryer. I put out cheese dips. Like it ended up being very, very easy. And just because I said to myself, I need to work on getting burned out. Like I can't get burned out on Christmas and then run back into work right away. Um, so you have to make sure you enjoy these holidays and not have this stress with you all the time. And as I'm saying this, I'm saying this to myself because I carry around the stress a lot. I carry around all the things that people tell me with me all the time and it's hard and you have to work on it. It is a conscious thing that you have to do. This is why there are so many attorneys who have problems with alcohol and um, substance abuse because you take on this trauma of others and then you try to hide it by substance abuse. So it's definitely things that I need to work on that we all need to work on. Um, as I'm talking about avoid burnout and work on not getting burned out, another thing that I was thinking about is developing and maintaining your business connections. This is very important. Um, right before Christmas, I used it as an opportunity during the month of December. I got together with people I hadn't seen in a bit. I had a couple of lunches with attorneys. I went to a son's game with another attorney. I had lunch with other business friends. And why did I do all this? Because it's important. You cannot just be bogged down with the day-to-day emails and phone calls. If you're running a business you have to maintain those connections. Those are very important to getting referrals, giving referrals, and growing your business. Again, a little bit of an oxymoron as I'm talking about how do you avoid burnout and then also maintaining the business connections. But if you're getting work that you really love from these business connections, maybe you're not feeling as burned out. Another thing that I did in terms of thinking about my my wellness and burnout level is planning trips for next year. I didn't come into the end of this year really with the mindset of I need to have a bunch of trips planned for the year just to like fill up the year. It sort of did that on its own and I'm pretty excited about it. As I said, going through the list of my highlights from last year, many of it had to do with travel. And some of it's work travel and a lot of it's pleasure travel. But this definitely helps me to anticipate something to look forward to, a break in the everyday routine, a break in the 
things that give me the burnout. So already for next year, I have my daughter's destination wedding in Las Vegas. I have a conference in New Orleans. I have a wellness retreat in Tucson with my husband. Uh, we'll take our beach trip to Coronado during the summer. I have a Disneyland trip planned in the spring. And my husband and I are going on a cruise in December. So throughout the year, I have a bunch of stuff that I'm really, really looking forward to. And this is very important to me as part of managing my time and managing not getting, I, I, you know, needing this so I'm not burned out. Um, another very important thing that you have to make sure you do throughout the year is take care of the stuff that you need for your self-care. I am very behind on regular checkups. And I have one coming up in January. And at this point, it looks like I might have to move it. Um, but these are the things that I struggle with, is getting these things on the calendar and actually being able to go to them without being able, without needing to move them. During this last few days, I went and got a massage. As the therapist was massaging my muscles, I could feel them popping and cracking. And I thought, this is not where I should be. Um, the massage was where I should be. That felt wonderful. Um, but feeling how tight my muscles were um, and then and feeling them loosen up, it was actually painful. And none of us should be in a situation where we're like so, so tight and so wound up. Right now, as I'm recording this, my hair is so gray. I have not been able to get to my stylist in about three months. And this weekend, I worked on getting an appointment set up for that. There's just all these things that we need to do to make sure that we take care of ourselves or feel pretty or whatever it is that we need. This is very, very important. I'll tell you another thing that helps me with time management and working on burnout. It's called hiding out on a Sunday. As I record this, it's about 6.30 p.m. on Sunday. I haven't gone anywhere today. I don't think I've had a Sunday like this in quite a while. I was able to do this because last week was quieter, so kind of the things that I might push off to a Sunday, say grocery shopping or um, needing to see family or whatever the case may be, I didn't have to do today. There were some things that I was thinking about doing in terms of things that I find fun and enjoyable. I had considered going to the movies today. I had considered going to Zoo Lights um, Phoenix Zoo has this wonderful light display every year. I go every year. It's through January 19th, so I have some time, so I don't feel so stressed out about it. But I considered doing it tonight, and I thought, nope, I am completely hiding out. I have had a month of all sorts of activities in court 
and family gatherings and gatherings with friends, which are all wonderful. But sometimes you need to just stay home. And that's what I did today. I didn't even go to the grocery store or go get gas or anything like that. And I highly recommend that for a Sunday. I will do work on a day like today. Like I had some transcripts that I brought home over the weekend and haven't had a second to look at them. But today was nice and quiet. The one thing that I regret that I didn't do was I didn't get up as early as I like to on a Sunday. When I have one of my hideout Sundays, I like to get up really early um, before the sun and start having coffee and start reading. And a hideout Sunday, I I might do a little cooking, and I did do a little cooking, but it was very low-key. Also, family came to me. I sat with my grandson for a bit, and my daughters came over a little bit later. My sister-in-law came over later. I did not put on makeup today. I don't look good, (laughs) but family can see me. That's all right. I'm wearing super ugly clothes, but it's making me feel more motivated for next week because I feel like kind of bummy. I'm excited about getting dressed in the morning and maybe putting on some heels and some makeup. And that's what these hideout Sundays really are about. Another amazing thing that I'll just kind of throw out there because I haven't had this happen in a while is in the last few days, I was able to get through a tremendous amount of reading. I had such a backlog of magazines and I had been checking out books from the library that I wanted to get into and hadn't been able to get into them. I finally finished a book that I had been trying to finish for months. It was a book on the Kennedys and I would get it from the library, read maybe a hundred pages and run out of um, the time that to have it. I would return it and recheck it out or I would renew it and I finally got through it. It, it, it took months. That used to not happen to me. I used to be able to read so many books, probably a book or two a week before I got so busy with my practice. And I really, really miss that. And that was one of the joys of this last few days was having some more quiet time. So if you can do it, hide out on Sunday, read, watch TV, get up early, drink coffee, eat good food, visit with your family. It is very restorative. Okay, those are just some kind of a wrap up on some of my tips for the end of the year. I did want to talk movies a bit. I wanted to talk about what my top 10 movies were for 2019. This list is not in any particular order. I never can uh, rank movies. Like I can never say, here's my favorite movie of all time. I have a list of my favorite movies of all time, but they're in no particular order. So this um, list for 2019 is in no particular order. It was just as the movies came to me. And I had a lot more movies on this list and I took them... um, 
I had to really whittle it down. I probably had about 20 movies that I really loved. But the my favorite movies of 2019, again, in no particular orders, is Hustlers with Jennifer Lopez and Constance Wu. If you haven't seen this movie yet, see it. It's a real crowd pleaser in a funny way. Um, J-Lo looks amazing. Do not be surprised if she is Oscar nominated. Her performance was flawless. Um, the movie Us. I love this movie. It is such a weird movie. Kind of funny. Not really scary. More of a thriller. But very original. Dr. Sleep was one of my favorite movies. That's the sequel to The Shining. Not many people saw it. I don't think this movie did that well. I think it was sort of in and out of the movies. And I'm guessing that soon it will be on DVD. Rent it. If you love the original Shining, you're really going to like this movie. Another one of my favorite movies was Avengers Endgame. What a great wrap up to all the Marvel movies. And I know there's more coming after it, but this was sort of an end chapter, also called Endgame. Very touching, funny as usual with the Marvel movies. Very satisfying in terms of an ending. Um, the way that they incorporated a huge universe was masterful. It was very, very good. Another one of my favorite movies was The Irishman. I love Scorsese movies. I love Scorsese gangster movies, particularly. And this was epic. It was also free with your Netflix. I mean, how can you lose? It just was really good. I've been aching to watch it again, but just haven't had time because it is a commitment. It's three and a half hours. It took me a week to watch it because I watched it in pieces. Another one of my favorite movies is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, the Quentin Tarantino movie. Quentin Tarantino is one of my favorites. This movie did not disappoint. After I saw the movie, I could not wait for my L.A. trip. It's such a love letter to L.A. It's a love letter to the people who lost their lives at the hands of Charles Manson and the other murderers. Um, it, you know, just giving those people another life besides just being murder victims. Uh, Sharon Tate and, and her friends and um, also just really captured old Hollywood, like 1960s Hollywood. The sets are amazing. The acting was amazing. I love Leonardo DiCaprio in, in anything. And I think sometimes he's not appreciated for how good his work is, where people think, Oh, he's just, you know, the kid from Titanic. Now, he has an amazing body of work. And Brad Pitt in it was amazing as well. Another one of my favorite movies, Annabelle Comes Home. This was a Conjuring Universe movie that I felt finally got it right. It took all the fun things about The Conjuring and, and put them into the movies. Like, usually I find The Conjuring movies are a bit dull. And this was a very, very fun. 
Another one of my favorites is Dolomite Is My Name, also a Netflix movie starring Eddie Murphy. It, I think most of us have Netflix. If you have Netflix, do yourself a favor, watch this movie. I think uh, Eddie Murphy will be nominated for an Oscar. He is one of those actors that's so extraordinary that you don't realize how extraordinary he is. It just seems so easy and like off the cuff. And this movie is very touching and based on a true story. And I really, really liked it. Another one of my favorite movies was Isn't It Romantic? I actually just finished watching this movie today on HBO. It's very silly and light. It's with Rebel Wilson and Liam Hemsworth. And she wakes up and basically wakes up in a rom-com movie. And it has all the tropes of a rom-com. And she's fighting against it. And it has a very fun, um, satisfying ending. Like This movie's so fun. I was watching it at my house just now. I saw it at the movies. And I just rewatched it on HBO. And I got up and I danced at the end. It's just like a fun movie. It's short. It's an hour and a half. My favorite time frame for a movie. And it's just cute as can be. Um, and to end my top ten list is Marriage Story. I reviewed this movie a couple of weeks ago, also a Netflix movie. It's crazy to me that three of my favorite movies of the year were Netflix movies. I loved Marriage Story. It made me feel like the work that I do in family law actually gets noticed and is important. It the movie sounded like such a bummer to me that I almost didn't watch it. Like, oh, two people getting a divorce. Like, it just sounds depressing. And plus, that's some what I do for a living part of the time when I do my family law cases. Uh, so did I want to spend over two hours watching a movie about it? It is not a bummer in the way you think it would be. It's actually very touching it's so well acted and some parts are laugh out loud funny and not in a silly way like in a yes I can understand what these people are going through and the way that the attorneys are portrayed they're a little over the top they're played by Laura Dern Ray Liotta and Alan Alda but the things that they say that's actually good lawyer advice are things that I've said and I could completely relate with this movie I think anyone can whether you've been divorced or not been divorced or familiar with family law it's a family story and it's a modern story and um and i think anyone can relate to it okay so that's my top 10 movies of the year um i have a couple new movie reviews for you and a streaming idea for you as well before i wrap up for the evening and before the new year begins so this weekend, I went to the movies on Friday, and because I have not had a chance to go to the movies in quite some time, I did something that I call a double-double, and it means seeing two movies in one day. My husband says to me, shouldn't you call that a double then instead of a double-double? And I said, no, it's just a it's a double-double. That's what I call it. This is my game. I can call it what I want. And so I bought tickets for 
a four o'clock movie and then a seven o'clock movie. The four o'clock movie was Bombshell and the seven o'clock movie was um, Uncut Gems with Adam Sandler. So I went into Bombshell. I My sister-in-law was with me and um, my daughter Maggie and Bombshell was almost made one of my top 10 favorite movies of the year. And I just saw it. This movie was just really well told. It sort of reminded me of um, uh, the movie about the housing crisis with Steve Carell. I've just completely blanked out on it. A movie that I love, um, but I can't think of the name of it. It kind of had that feeling about it. Charlize Theron played Megan Kelly, plays Megan Kelly, who is a real life news correspondent, formerly on Fox News. I kept forgetting this was Charlize Theron. She had some, maybe some facial prosthetics that changed the look of her face very much. And she changed her voice. And she was phenomenal. I, I, for sure, she's going to get nominated for an Oscar. Nicole Kidman played Gretchen Carlson. And then Margot Robbie played um, a character that was based on many character stories. And John Lithgow played Roger Ailes. And it was the Fox News story, like what these women went through. And it was very thought-provoking. And it was um, short and... It had a lot in it. Like I, the whole time my mind was like just trying to keep up with everything that was being presented. The, in the movie, they put in a lot of real clips from like the Trump debates and things like that that Megyn Kelly was involved with. And um, the Trump interview with Donald Trump and, and clips from Bill O'Reilly's show. I mean, just a ton of stuff going on. And a lot of information about sexual harassment and how um kind of nefarious it can be and 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 sometimes very subtle as well some of the sexual harassment in this movie was not subtle at all it was uh horrifying but sometimes it can be very subtle and it brought a lot of attention to that and i thought it was very well done i recommend it highly for some reason I don't think it's doing great I think it's almost out of the theaters but it's definitely a movie I recommend the other movie that I saw was uncut gems that's the Adam Sandler movie this is a movie that's like right up my alley the kind of movie where it's like a I don't even know if I can call it a thriller like in a way like a it, it was very Scorsese feeling, like very Martin Scorsese feeling, like kind of Goodfellas feeling in a way. And in fact, Martin, I was, I was looking at the credits, Martin Scorsese was one of the producers. It was done by um, the, these men called the Safety Brothers, um, two brothers. I think they wrote it and, and directed it. And Adam Sandler's the star. There's a lot of tight shots on Adam Sandler's face. Um, there's, it's almost like watching a documentary in a way or a reality TV show where things are just like happening. My stress level was up this entire movie, which I know doesn't sound very um, enjoyable, but 
the whole time you're thinking what's going to happen. So, <coughs> so the the story is Adam Sandler's a jewelry salesman and he's a gambler with a pretty serious gambling problem. And his family life is not in good shape and he makes a lot of bad choices and he's trying to do this one big score. Basketball player Kevin Garnett is in it and he was great in it. Like I loved him in this role. And the whole time you're thinking, is this going to work? Is this going to happen? And then like something happens and then it's like another stressful situation and it goes on and on like that till the very end with kind of a bit of a shocking end. That's all I'm going to say. I really liked it. I think the movie is a little divisive. I don't know that everyone would like it. My sister-in-law hated it. She thought that um, she just didn't see any redemption in the movie. And she kind of had like a I don't care attitude about the movie. And I was very wrapped up into it. As a secondhand movie review, <laughs> my daughter went and saw Frozen 2 while we were seeing Uncut Gems. She said it was very, very good. So um, from my daughter, Maggie, I recommend Frozen 2. And I'll probably go see that in the next couple of weeks. Maybe have a movie day that's a little bit not as serious as Bombshell and Uncut Gems. Maybe I'll do Frozen 2 and um, there was another like lighter one. Oh, I, maybe Jumanji. Maybe I'll be able to do those two for the New Year's and come back with some reviews for next week. You can find my podcast at Florence Legally Burnett Bonafide Legal Podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. You can find me on Instagram, Tumblr, Twitter at Florence Legally Burnett. You can find me on Facebook on my personal page or my business page and my website at brummerlaw.com. Thank you for listening. Thank you for another year. We're a year and a half into this podcast. Have recorded, let me think about this. It is over... It's about 80 episodes at this point, and in May will be two years. So I appreciate you listening. I appreciate your comments. Everyone have a great new year, a happy new year, a safe new year, a restful new year, maybe a fun new year. Maybe get out there and party a little bit. I'm sure I won't, but <laughs> I hope you enjoy new year however you would like to enjoy new year. All right, I'll be back next week with some new content on time management and wellness for attorneys and business owners. Have a great night.